0: Good morning. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and begin this morning. As you're finding a seat, I want to remind you that on October the 23rd is going to begin. uh, This is a few weeks off, as you know. It's going to begin a campaign on the hope. Hope is here. And uh, we have some uh, guest speakers coming before the October 23rd. But on October 23rd, I want you uh, just to commit this year to being here every Sunday. And uh, we're just going to pour hope into your life. Uh, you know, Luke preached last week, and he did such a good job. And, you know, he kicked off the service with a joke. So I thought, hey, hey, if Luke can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Hey, I don't need any heckling. It's a story about a guy named Bill, and Bill was a Baptist man, and he kind of, you know, knew that it wasn't right. He kind of had one vice, and he kind of gave himself one vice. He thought, you know, I'm going to go down and and watch the races, the horse races, and he kind of had a, kind of a slogan, you know, a good day is a day at the ponies, and so he'd go down and watch, and you know, he wasn't real good at it, his wife wasn't really pleased with him, but you know, he went down there sometimes during lunch hour and, and did some betting and One day, old Bill was looking out on the racetrack, and right there at the starting line, there was a priest, and he thought, that's kind of unusual. And uh, the priest went over and touched one of the horses, and he watched, and pretty soon at the end of that race, that horse won the race. He was like, are you kidding me? Well, sure enough, the next race came around, and the priest was down there, and he, he went over to a horse and touched it, and... It also won the race. He was like, this is amazing. He's looking in the bleachers and thinking, nobody else saw this but me. So he went down, and he's kind of closer as he sees the priest. But this time, not only did he touch the horse on the forehead, but he touched him on the forehead, the nose, both eyes, both ears. And he thought, "Oh, oh, this is a sure thing. So he went to the ATM machine and withdrew all the money he had in that account. He betted on that horse. The gun went off and the horses went off. And that guy, that little horse was named Honey Baby. So Bill's in the audience going, come on, honey. Come on, Honey Baby. Come on, Honey Baby. When Honey Baby was in the lead, but he dropped dead. Done. Finished. So Bill, you know, being kind of a little, quote, distraught, he went over to the priest and said, what? I saw saw you. you. You... You touched the the horse, honey baby. The priest said, that's what's wrong with you Protestants. You don't know the difference between the blessing and the last rites. (laughs) Ah, Don't you love the mercy laugh? Ah, Kind of drawn out. This morning... um, I'm going to continue a series that we're in, The Warrior, and I'm going to go to another level. And if I said this morning that uh, we're going to have an aerobics class, and I want you to stand and kind of stretch, and and we're going to, all right, now let's work it out. You know, we start, you'd be like, what in the world? This is Tomorrow I'm going to be sore. And, and you don't realize, but a lot of times what you're doing today will affect you tomorrow. Now, we know that with exercise. That's... <laughs> Why we stay away from that stuff? But when it comes to the Word of God, sometimes the stretching, sometimes the the exercising of the Word of God puts us in a place that we have to look inside of us and and decide if we're going to deal with that or not. Now, when you make yourself faithful to the house of God, you're hearing the truth of the Word of God. And when you hear the Word of God spoken over your life and you, you, you go in, the Word of God goes into your ear gate. You know, that's how it gets in, the gate. And, and you're here, and we kind of try to put some slides so you can actually use your eyes to be able to see the Scripture. And, and when you begin to, you could say, ingest or digest the food that is given you, you begin to see things change in your life. Now, it's up to you. And sometimes people will stay away from church because they they feel like, you know, I don't know if I can do that. Let me tell you, God gives us the ability to do the things that he asks us to do, not just for his glory, but also to bring us glory that he predestined before the foundations of the earth. It's up to us to trust that what he has given us is for our good. Now, when I'm talking in the last couple of weeks, I brought out the definition of a warrior, and it's a person engaged or experienced in warfare in the broad term. Uh, really, it's a person engaged in some kind of struggle or conflict. We're going to go into more detail now in the series on more of the struggle and the conflict that we're in on a daily. Yeah, that's right. I said daily basis. Uh, we, we've talked about the building of a warrior and, and how sometimes we don't allow God to speak to us in divine interruptions. We can get so upset when somebody you know interrupts our system of life when God says, that is actually me giving you an opportunity for growth. We, we talked about how we've got our systems down, and sometimes we, we kind of have a drawback feeling of saying, uh-oh. But God says, there it is. In that interruption, your system Needs to be my system of operation. We, we did the illustration, if you were here, on the difference, or, or did the riddle of a bat and a ball costing so much, and everybody, your first thought out of your brain is wrong. And it was wrong in my experience, and, and I kind of, you know, embarrassingly argued the point that I was right, even though I was wrong. Then we talked about having the mind of Christ a few weeks ago. And and I talked about having the knowledge and the ability to have the mind of Christ to be able to understand the difference. This is what's so important. The difference of what God has given you as seed and what he's given you as bread. And, and I don't have time to go into all that, but if you'll go back and listen to that, uh, you'll, you'll understand that sometimes... We, we know to eat our bread that God has given us in the blessing, but we eat our seed too, which is not there for us. It's to sow into other people, into other areas of life. Well, that's why we had all, if you were here and you are wondering, what in the world? And we had all those little baskets up here, if you remember that Sunday. And you had to give, but also you received a people in the auditorium just as a, an illustration of giving and receiving and sowing into other people's life and growing Again, when you talk about being a warrior, it's usually somebody that has courage to be able to get to place, listen, the ability to fight, to protect themselves, but also to setting goals and developing the strength and skills to accomplish them. Now, let me say it again. Because sometimes you don't think of a warrior as somebody that sets goals and developing the strength and skills to accomplish them. But no matter who it is in the Bible, if it's if it's the warrior Eleazar, which some of you are going, who in the world? I've never heard of that guy. One of the mighty men of David that that killed hundreds of men and his, you know, his hand clenched his sword because he he stood his ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that guy now. Or Shamu. Or, or on and on, Benaniah who went in a pit on a snowy day to kill a lion. All the All those warriors, as we look in our culture as terms as big... Let me tell you, what we're talking about today can be the big guy, but it can be also the elderly lady. Because what we're talking about is what happens inside of you that God says, if you'll listen to my word, you'll become a mighty warrior of God. Hallelujah. Anybody up for that? I could say anybody up for just being average? You know, hopefully you wouldn't raise your hand. You'd say, no, 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 no. I'm going to be a warrior. So this morning, that's what we're going to be talking about. But in, in specific, the war that goes on within each of us. And it happens daily, and there's a conflict that happens, that, and it's a struggle, and it's a war. And when we learn how to defeat what we're going to be talking about today, then we begin to see other things outside of our life take place. When you're ready to move from making God in the mindset of just Savior of your life to moving to make Him Lord of our life, we talked about obedience. The Word of God is going to be talking today again as my illustration of exercising and stuff. And some people say, ooh, that's a little hard. But it's going to bring about, let me tell you, joy later in your life. If If you'll just kind of... And, and just realize this, that when Romans chapter 12, verse 1, says, don't conform to pattern this pattern of this world. In other words, there is a system of operating. And it's so comfortable just to kind of slide. You know what I mean? Kind of like the Cupid shovel. Slide to the left. Slide to the left. You just slide right into the culture. It's easy. But the Word of God says, don't conform to the pattern, the systems of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've seen those cars that are transformers. They look like a car, but then they become a monster. God says you come out of the old way of living and into a new way of living. So today the fight is within, and it's the contrast of what's going on between, listen, between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh is the carnal side of us, the pride, the jealousy, the envy, and the coveting, the mindset of, do whatever feels good. Now now listen, a lot of times when you'll hear that Christ came to give us life to the full, to the abundant, to the overflow, we think, "Woo, I'm up for the good life. That doesn't mean that you do whatever you feel. And sometimes that's where people get into the place of arguing about the goodness of God, but I'm not ever saying that the Bible says or that I'm in favor of you saying, just do whatever feels good. I'm going to prove that in the Word of God. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you feel like there's a conflict because you might be in a place where you you get in traffic and all of a sudden, the conflict arises. And you get to work and somebody at work does something. You get home and 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 you get out the pint of ice cream, the whole pint, and you throw away the lid because you're not a quitter. Huh? And the flesh says, eat it all. You deserved it. You had a rough day. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you have a seatbelt, buckle up. The flesh wants to rule us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 13, and some of these you need to either take a picture on the screen or write them down for later because the flesh will come back and go, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But if you have scripture, you can say, well, that's what the Word of God says. That wasn't Pastor John. And I'm telling you right now, every time I preach a message, I get to deal with it in my week because of the Rectacular activating system of making it obvious to me. And it showed up in my life a lot this week. And I'll give you grace if you give me grace. I'll give you grace even if you don't give me grace. Romans chapter 8, verse 13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, there's a lot of times people say, you know, I want to live because the flesh is saying to do it and it feels good to be rude to somebody at the at, at maybe a Walmart that, you know, did something to you. You want to get, and it's at the moment, it feels so good. It feels right. It, it has to be right. How can it be wrong when it feels so right? See, the flesh is a dictator. And you know as well as me, if you know the word dictator in, in some countries, a, a dictator is, he's somebody that makes all the decisions. Are you with me? All the decisions for you. All you have to do is follow orders in those countries. See, the flesh is a dictator. You, you get upset on I-35 and it's like 3 o'clock. You're saying, 3 o'clock, it's not even rush hour. And the flesh says, that person cuts you off, yell at them. That's what that button is for on the steering wheel, dude. Push it. You lose it if you don't use it. Come on. And inside you go, yes, sir. Somebody cuts you off and goes slow. You get over in the fast lane as quick as you can, and then you look at them all the way back, and then you get up in the seat and looking, and they're going... Wow, Pastor, how do you know that? <laughs> I got a struggle going on in the inside of me too. Romans 8.13 goes on to say, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now listen, that's not physically necessarily speaking. But if you hear me today, it's talking about the death of our purpose, our dreams, our our destiny in our life, the things that are driving us to say, God, I want to be more like you. If we live according to the flesh, what we're doing is we're feeding the flesh and not the spirit. And what we do is we allow the flesh to become dictator over our life that is controlling us. Now, now I don't want to depress you, and, and I'm a man of faith. I speak that over my life. This will be something that you deal with all your life. You can be 50 years as a believer, a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, and still this is something your entire mortal life on this earth that you'll have to deal with. There's something about the flesh wanting to be on the throne of your life and dictate what you do, what you say, what you feel like, all those things constantly coming every day. To go back to the kind of the context of the dictator, when you think about foreign nations, the, when the people have had enough of the oppression of a dictator, and sometimes they're selfish and they take all the resources for themselves. Now, listen, a lot of times you think about it, and they can't vote that person out of office. They're in there for life because they're a dictator. And the only way they can get freedom is a revolt. And by force, removing that person from leadership. See, the flesh wants to sit on your throne. It wants to sit on my life throne. And sometimes the only way that we can get it to be removed is forcefully send ourselves it will not dictate what I do next and how I think, how I, I move in my life and how I respond. Did you hear me? Respond to other people. See, being proactive is something that I'm big on. I've taught my children, be proactive, which is setting a stage or setting the the, the whole atmosphere of your deciding before it happens. It's something that I work on. It's something that's exactly what I'm talking about today because if you don't decide ahead, the flesh will be there right with the Spirit trying to make a decision for you to react instead of deciding ahead of time to act. I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to do that. See, this morning I can get you motivated, and there's a difference between motivation and discipline. See, what's, what's glamorous is the motivation. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Jesus in you, Jesus in me makes me hap, 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 happy. You know, we can cheer and we can get all excited and we can get all fired up. We can that's glamorous. Love that. Then I like over here when they take a picture of you and, and you have the you, this is the spirit-led man. But it's all in between that you're fighting and in conflict with the flesh that is disciplined. It is the getting up, doing life, and going to bed at night and saying, the flesh will not dictate what controls or who controls me in my life. The flesh is not going to do that. Now now listen to this. In Hebrews chapter 12, Paul says something that rocks our boat. He says this, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Anybody agree with that beside me? I'm not just talking about dad spanking me back in the day or mom Taking a ping pong paddle. Huh? It didn't even hurt, but boy, I didn't let her know. Ah, you know. Sounded horrible. Pow, pow. Ah, ah. I'm not talking about that kind of discipline. I'm talking about the the getting up and doing the things that we know. And it's not easy. And some people make it look easy. Don't don't buy that they're trying to even make it look easy. It's hard to do the things sometimes that you just discipline, just getting up and doing it. Listen how it goes on. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and here's what we all look for and peace for those who have been trained by it. See, the the flesh is yelling indulgence, instant gratification right now, right now, right now. You deserve it. Do what feels good now, not later. See, sleeping in and skipping class or work today, oh, doesn't that feel good? Huh? Come on now. Stretch a little bit. But there's a time coming when you go. What was I thinking? You know what I mean? When when you when you're staying up late at night and you might be playing video games or that that episode of whatever, you know, it's a little later than you thought, and you think, ha 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 ha. And the flesh says, Go ahead. You're young. 62 is the new 42. Come on. Your flesh says, It's okay. But you say, no, 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 no. I'm going to take care of myself, and I'm going to bed. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let the flesh dictate. See, it feels good telling the person off that was rude to you because you know how to do that. You're a Texan. But let me speak in your life. We should be growing in our walk with God we should be producing fruit. We know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. Eat that last one, always kind of, you know, the last little knee jerk. Let me ask you when you hear all of those put together, are, are you seeing a harvest of righteousness? Let me say them again. Love, Joy, (laughs) peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I know that you guys aren't amening too much because your husband or wife is sitting next to you, but that's okay. If she wasn't here, you'd be, amen, pastor. Preach. I've got it. But this morning I'm not here again to condemn anybody. So if you're feeling condemned, look at yourself and say, he's not try- he's just trying to bring it out because in a while if I'm trained and discipline myself, there's a harvest of righteousness coming and peace in my life. Are you are you producing fruit in your life? And here, here's have you have you grown in the last year? Think about it. Okay. Have you grown since COVID? H- have you grown since man walked on the moon? Come on, come on. Is there a time that you can look back and go, I've grown since then? Or are you saying, hmm, hmm? I don't know. There should be some mile markers in your life of going on and seeing things happen because if you're dealing with the same thing, addictions or even anger in your life. You're allowing the flesh to sit on the throne of your life and dictate who you are and what you'll be doing. Look at Paul. Here's a guy that, he's got it together, right? I mean, if if we think of Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But not only should this make you feel a little bit, because misery lives company, I I get that, I get that. But at the same time, he says it like this in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. There's a, there's a war going on within this. But listen to this. They are in conflict with each other so that you not to do whatever you want. See, John Miller, I, I don't have a problem with some addictions. I don't have a problem with alcohol or smoking or robbing a bank or, you know, whatever. And I can go, sorry, dude. I don't <laughs> I don't know why you do that. But there is problems that I have that I work on in my life, and most of them are none of your business. But I'll tell you one of them. <laughs> amen. There's an Amen. All in favor, say aye. All right, let's go. One problem that I have that I'll share with you is the desire to always be in first place, always to win. Now, I'm not saying that it's not right or wrong to not want to win, but when it comes over walking in love, come on now. There's a sense of competition that I've I've, I've worked on and tried to discipline. Some of you are going... And, and I've worked on in that competition, in, in not walking in love to the point of saying, I want to win. I, I remember the time we used to play volleyball. And not that we won't one day again, but we used to play volleyball out here. One of my best friends, Walt McCarty, passed away, but he, he is playing volleyball and he is a competitor too. And, and we played racquetball, we spent hours together, and, and there was nothing at the moment better than beating Walt McCarty at volleyball. But I wanted him to know that I beat him at volleyball. There was church people around too. One Friday we're out here playing and poor Betty Seabolt right here was on uh, Walt's team. And they were beating us and we came back and won. And I'm out there... Whoa! What happened, Betty? why would you miss it? Now, my—that's why it's important to be around godly people because sometimes they can show you your blind spots, buddy. Walt got you in the eye, <laughs> Mister Flesh Dictator came up and was all over the place on the volleyball court, and. This little lady about this tall, this tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, goes by the name of Gwen, comes up to me. John. 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 It's not real attractive for the pastor to be talking trash to the people of the church. Ouch. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) See, see, sometimes, again, allowing, we talked about having the mind of Christ, and the Holy Spirit will tap on our shoulder and tell us that. Even though at times, his voice sounds like Gwen's voice. That that just the the recognition, just the ooh, ooh. That's not the spirit sitting on my throne, you know, telling me. It was the flesh that wanted to ooh, we beat you, you know. I want you to look at it and and put a picture to it. And here's what Ephesians four twenty two. And again, here's Paul. See, we know Peter, he he had problems all the time. We we know that Peter even went from the place of, you know, here he is, a man of God, and he gets a revelation of, you are the Son of God. You know, when Jesus says, who are you? You know, who am I? And who are people saying that I am? He has the revelation, you are the Son of God. But then the old self, let, let me read this, and then I'll tell you about Peter. Ephesians 4.22 says, you were taught with regards to your former way of life. That's the old self. To put off the old self, which is being corrupted by deci- deceitful desires. Now again, deceitful desires can be sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, the, ah, all that. But it can be, what happened, Betty Sebald? That was a desire that felt good at the moment. to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and the buzzword of the song we sung, holiness. And again, let me say, Peter, he's saying you're the son of the most living God. You're the... Jesus says, on this rock, this revelation, I'll build my church. And then when Jesus is getting arrested, remember, in the garden, and Peter says, oh, no, he's lopping off ears. The old self rises up within him. But later, he's going to preach at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and thousands will come to Christ, the Spirit. And you go, well, he changed after he got filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, 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 I get that. I'm Pentecostal. But he didn't ever have to deal. I mean, he continually had to deal with, again, the old self wanting to rise up. Remember when he had maybe even a prejudice or a partialness against the Gentiles and Paul corrected him later? There's things that go on in our life. And, and you say, in, in John Miller's life, what happened? Where what did that come from? And again, to be constantly aware of what's going on in our life, it's like the, the walking dead. You know, you, you've put to death the old self. You had a burial and a funeral. and you, But it gets back up. It continually wants to get back up inside of you and dictate your identity and who you are. Let, let me say it this way. You, you deal with things in your life and I deal with things in my life. If God doesn't remove the the, the desire, the behavior, then God's grace is there to overcome it. If it isn't removed from your life, God says, I'll give you the grace and the power to be able to overcome that problem in your life. It'll be up to you if you believe him. But it's in asking God for help. God, I, I have an issue in that area and you know that I need help. The Bible says that God will step in, that that He is an overcomer and therefore we can be an overcomer in this world. That we're more than conquerors. Can, Can you agree with me that greater is the force that is inside of us than the force that is outside of us? So if we walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh, then we'll reap a harvest of righteousness and the peace that we all want. Here's what I found out too is sometimes that we give ourselves a little bit of a mercy and we say you know what I don't have a lot of vices I don't have a lot of problems or a lot of things that I, but I'm going to allow myself this one th- how many people have heard somebody say I just have one no 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 you can't do that Not, not don't allow one characteristic of the old man to stay alive in your life I, I just won't forgive that one person I'll forgive everybody else but not that one person because they hurt me too much if you allow God to be the Lord, not just Savior of your, the Lord of your life. The hardest thing is obedience to what He's already told us to do. You don't have to pray about walking in love. You don't have to pray about forgiving somebody. Don't don't nag me on, because boy, I'm I'm ready to go. I don't even need a scooter, man. I'm gone. Let let me give you a, a verbal picture, and then then we'll we'll go on. I'll dismiss you to work on it, which is the discipline part. The motivational launch you, hopefully, in discipline. And it's the story of Jacob. Now, I want you to think about this. The difference between Jacob and Israel. See, when Jacob is born, his name is Trickster. That's what Jacob means. And he began to walk out his identity. And everybody around him, he began to be a trickster and a schemer. And uh, he he began to do his own. He allowed, so so to speak, the flesh inside of him to rule him. He tricked his brother out of his birthright. Him and his mother even kind of tricked or deceived the the father into the, the, the blessing over his life. But if you know the story of Jacob, after years of living like that, he has a time, and it's at kind of a brook, and he's sitting there, and he's kind of having a reflection back on his life, and he has an encounter with God. It's a come to God meaning, and he experiences, you know, uh, all this wonderful stuff, this revelation, the the, the ladder, and, and then later wrestling with God, and but God changes his name, and, and he changes it to Israel, which means prince of God. You know, Luke talked about last week of changing identity and and how that all works out. In his life, God is saying, you're not going to be the deceiver or a trickster anymore. You need to walk in your new identity, prince with God. But what you find out is if you read later after he's given that new name, it goes back and forth. Sometimes he's Jacob and sometimes he's Israel. He's referred to Israel. And it's kind of almost symbolic of our lives that if we're not careful, we'll go back and forth, back and forth. Today, we're Israel and we're walking around, walking in faith and we're experiencing the goodness of God. And even though some things happen, we don't allow Jacob to get up in our lives. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, if the old man in putting off the old self is Jacob, And putting on the new self is Israel. Putting off the old man, which is Jacob, and putting on the new man of Israel, it's going to take discipline on his part. It's going to take some hard, hard, hard work. You know, it's a change of thinking. It's a change of systems. It's a change of habits. But not just to change a habit, you're going to have to change the bad habit to a good habit. That takes work. To change what is an addiction, if, if everybody could just go, yeah, I'm I'm not going to do that anymore. Of an addiction, it wouldn't be hard. There would be no, uh, uh, you know, hospitals out there of recovery, or because everybody could just, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. Jacob is the carnal desires that that we want to take out of our lives. But there's people, listen, that's why life would be easy if it wasn't for people, wouldn't it? But listen, God put people in our life, even people that you don't know. Oh, here's going to be revelation for some of you. (laughs) Come on with you. Hold on. Because when we deal with people, we think that we get mad at the person that we don't know, but come on, be honest. Probably you haven't been as mad as you've been with people that you don't know as people that you do know and maybe people that you live with. Think about it. Think about it. See, Israel is walking in the Spirit, the new self, the new man. Jacob is the old man, and people bring out the Jacob in you. If you're not careful, you'll allow Jacob to come out. Jacob is the old man, Mr. Flesh Dictator. Israel is the new man, the fruit of the Spirit, the man of God, the woman of God who knows how to praise. The question is, who is the dominating force in your life right now? Let let me give you this is you can see Israel is the praiser. He, he would praise and, and and you get up in the morning and maybe you rush for time you might have a little quiet time and all of a sudden you're, you're praise of God praiser, you're a worshiper. And you get in the car and just like I said, you get on i-35 to go to work or wherever you go to work and all of a sudden you know you start playing a little little Maverick City little Christian music and I will exalt you. Boy, I'll exalt you all right if you come me off again. We get to work and Jimmy drank all the coffee out of the the lounge of the workplace. You know who Jimmy is? Jimmy Crackcorn and he don't care. And Jacob jumps up. And all of a sudden Israel says, "Go down." No, 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 no. God, I'm okay. Thank you, God. And see, just the power of suggestions sometimes. People can say, do you know what someone said? And Jacob goes, I believe it with all your heart. And you start going, I believe it. That boss is a skunk of a man. Jacob jumps right up. He's in control. He's on the throne. Let me tell you another story about John Miller. Is... One time when Gwen and I were living in another house, we were only about, probably about a, I don't know, about a thousand feet from a school, maybe a little further and just a block over. And a lot of times around the school, there was two schools and we could walk for about uh, uh, a little over a mile if you walked around the school. So we did that for exercise and we had kids so that we didn't walk together. One would take, we'd take turns and that she would go, then I would go, whatever. And, uh, I was at home, pastor. didn't have an office. We had sold the church, and we're in relocation. And, and uh, Gwen gets back, and she goes, man, I don't like to walk early like this because the high school and junior high is just getting in session, and the junior high, they're waiting outside the building. And I think some of them were laughing at me. Little did I know, Jacob went. Because <laughs> it was my turn to walk. So I get going, and I'm going, and I'm, oh, Jacob, he's got his eye, you know, got that crazy eye looking. He's primed. But I, I I, do the walk so that I can pray and walk. So Israel was just praying and praying. See, the power suggestion was, Someone is going to offend you today. So I did the loop and came around the junior high. And one of those junior high boys, I heard I didn't do anything. He don't know me, I don't know him. But he looked and said, Are you a bastard? I went, What did you say? And I thought, Jacob, I thought you were dead where'd you come from he said oh I live with you too what did you say and the little guy melted he said aren't you a pastor I came with so and so to church last Sunday wait on it wait on it Yeah, it's not gonna get any better. You wait all day. Of course I went Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Now listen, there's nothing attractive. Or nothing that you will look good at because you let Jacob sit on the throne. You might think that people admire you. Nobody likes Jacob. Nobody admires Jacob. You might feel better at the time and it might be instant gratification that you said something back or did something that made you feel better. But let me tell you, that's not who you are anymore. That's the old self that God says to take off put away that old self. Paul said, I die daily to that old self I I, I, I crucified the flesh I killed the f- I do not allow that to dictate anymore in my life. So as I come to the end of this sermon I, I want you to begin to process this out. don't don't forget it as you walk out the building but allow yourself to to wade into the depth of who's sitting on the throne more in your life. Is it Jacob or is it Israel? Is it the flesh that's telling you and dictating what you should be that is not of the Spirit? Because listen to me, when we talk about being the light of the world and, and the salt of the earth and all that, the people that are in and around us desperately need what we have when we walk in the Spirit. They already have people that walk in the flesh every day of their life. Let's pray. Father, today we receive your word. And Father, we receive your word as a a guide, as as the right path to be on. And Father, we love you so much. Father, we, we refuse to walk in the flesh. And God, when we do... God, one, that we ask for grace, but second, God, that we don't stay there. We ask for repentance, we ask for forgiveness, and we allow the spirit, we allow the new man, we allow the Israel of our life to get back on the throne. Because, God, I know that in that discipline, in that allowing your spirit to rule our life, that we will reap a harvest of righteousness, and, Father, we will also receive peace in our life. And that's what we desire. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, as we come to the end of another Sunday morning, I want you to, again, grasp what every Sunday is about. And as, as you leave, you have an opportunity to, to give in the offering, or you can even give online. You can even come by the church and drop it in the mailbox. But let me just encourage you to begin to walk in in your identity of who God says you are, not what somebody else has said in the past or even tomorrow morning when you go to work or whatever, that God says you are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me say it again. You are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? Now listen, it's not because of what you're going to do. It's what Christ has already done for you. Receive it. Amen. Stand up. On your marks. Get set, go, you guys.